Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. 803 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Rick Dollywall, in case the music didn't give it away, is going to join us in a moment here. Kick off hour three. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintec studio, Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintec.net. You see him on Donnie and Dolly on Czech TV every day, and you hear him right now on the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. Rick Dollywall joins the program. Hello, Rick. Good morning. Gentlemen, how's it going? All good? Another big weekend coming up sports-wise. Oh, man. What are you most excited about? Is it the Leafs in Toronto and Montreal? Is it the Lions in the West Final? Well, if you don't mind, uh, uh, I'd like to start with the Lions because, look, there's a berth in the Great Cup on the line. And you know what? Uh, that kind of sucks that the Lions and the Canucks are going to be kind of up against each other. Mm-hmm. And because I know that, um, and the Lions have told me this over the year, their TV numbers uh, in in the Lower Mainland are really strong. And, you know, they had trouble getting people to BC Place, but they've always had strong numbers television-wise um, in, in the Lower Mainland. So it'll be interesting to see. They're going to be up against each other, the Canucks and the Lions, tomorrow. Uh, but in Winnipeg, I, I, I just want to say this. Vernon Adams is going to have to play uh, the game of his life. If he runs and gets away from the heat in the pocket like he did against the Stampeders last week, they'll have a chance because you guys both know they have no running game, which hurts. And because in that weather, and I and for you two, I checked the weather in Winnipeg this morning. Just for you two, I usually don't do yeah, it's this. It's not that bad, it. is it? No, it's it's minus one tomorrow, mainly sunny. Mm-hmm. That's pretty damn good for, you know, November in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember I covered a great cup in Winnipeg. Uh, it was like minus 20. It was really, really cold. Um, you're still going to need, even at minus one, guys, you're going to need a running game. They just don't have one. And if Vernon Adams can run for 50, 60 yards, guys, I, I think they'll have a chance. Uh, but the other thing I want to mention to you guys, the Great Cups in Vancouver next year, and there's good momentum in this market with the Lions, also with the Whitecaps. Uh, both of these uh, teams had an incredible weekend. Uh, Donnie and I went to the Lions game. What a, what an atmosphere, Whitecaps game, obviously. Uh, that was great. Um, the Lions, they got the Great Cup in Vancouver next year, right? And the biggest thing I saw with the Lions uh, at the Calgary game last week, uh, a ton of young people. Uh, a ton of young people. That's huge for the Lions because the CFL audience across from here to Newfoundland is traditionally known to be old. Like, you know, guys like me and Taylor who went to Empire Stadium, but they need to get younger. And I saw that at BC Place last week, which I thought was great. I don't see them beating Winnipeg, but I, I am calling a close game, guys. Well, hopefully they can give it uh, give it a go and make it exciting and uh, maybe yeah. force a few Canucks fans to flip over to the and uh, watch. But uh, yeah, it is it is kind of unfortunate that 
the Canucks and the Leafs, you know, one of the prime games of the season is going to go up against the Lions in the West Final. What did you think of the Canucks last night in Ottawa? Not a great effort. You guys know that. Uh, 16 shots out, shot 30-16. But again, they're winning some ugly games. And when can you two tell me that in years past they won these type of games? They didn't. They didn't. And, you know, uh, but look at the other night against Edmonton. 19 two shots, three goals, seven shots. Vancouver's on top. Last night, first two shots, uh, uh, goals. They've got tremendous skill. And uh, they've got tremendous skill. And all you got to do is look at the NHL point leaders, Pedersen, Miller, Hughes in the top five. Uh, when you got skill like that and, you know, you're getting outshot, they got outshot badly last night in the first. But again, everything's coming up roses. Um, you know, that's two games in a row, you know, where Demko and DeSmith uh, badly outshot. Right now, I, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, Demko and DeSmith are the best one-two tandem in the NHL. I know the Bruins are right there. I know the Rangers are right there. But I'm going to tell you right now, these two have been great. DeSmith, uh, I, I was so concerned in the summer that they were yeah. going to go with Seelovs and Me Martins. And, I, and that the move, and I'm going to tell you something else right now, both of you, is that Demko and DeSmith have the same agent, right? So I think uh, what I was told, the agent had uh, played a pretty significant role in getting DeSmith uh, to Vancouver. And, and if you think about it, why not? You know, DeSmith is going to relieve Demko so many times, give him the necessary rest he needs. Um, it's a very capable uh, backup, but it just goes to prove you can't have backups making eight hundred grand in the NHL. Dismiss at three million. It cost the Canucks uh, to get them, uh, but they did get rid of the salary. But it's been a brilliant move because those two have been absolutely uh, sensational so far. Uh, Dolly, I know there's a few topics you want to get to here. Uh, Jim Rutherford's future. Okay, you guys remember that story in the Toronto Sun last year? I think it was after the All-Star game. I think it was Simmons that wrote Rutherford mm-hmm. was going to quit in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you right now, fat chance of that happening now. Rutherford got a great relationship with the owner. They get along swimmingly. There is no interference. Rutherford's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. He's won three Stanley Cups. You can't tell him how to do his job. There's no way. The owner Taylor's <laughs> ripping me. The owner still has a right to know, though, and he has to okay if a president wants to spend sixty, seventy million on a player. But when it comes to hockey decisions, he's staying out of it, and it's paying off. Rutherford's health is good. He's been treated well in Vancouver. Not sure why he wouldn't sign an extension when his contract's up. At his age, he didn't come here to stay here for two, three years and go to another team. Uh, you also know both of you that this start has got. You know, Rutherford pretty energized. Uh, you know, I, I I have no evidence to suggest that he won't sign an extension in Vancouver. So is his contract up at the end of this year? I think this summer he can uh, redo another one. And, okay. and, and I just, uh, the, the whole organization's been... Uh, you know, re-energized, like the players, the coaches, management, scouts, uh, the owner, everyone's getting texts from all around the league saying, oh, my goodness. You know, when I talk to people around the league, the, the, the biggest credit goes to talk it guys. Mm-hmm. When I talk to people, the, the biggest credit, I'm sorry, is the clarity he's brought, the teaching his staff does, the system the players have bought him to. You know, what's most impressive is when they fall behind, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but they don't change the way they play. 
that's important. And Tockett telling these guys to get in shape in the summer, Besser doesn't make the changes in the summer he did if, if Tockett doesn't, you know, do that. Kuzmenko, great shape. Kuzmenko was on the media, uh, you know, diet, pancakes and waffles last year. Not anymore. <laughs> you know, you know, he's not eating the pancakes and waffles. You know that, uh, you know, in the media, that's us. But those things add up. Players are buying what he's preaching. And, and I want to say one thing about regression, you know, I get tired of hearing uh, the Canucks are going to regress. This team has missed the playoffs seven of the last eight years. Now they're 10-2-1. and one. How about just enjoying the run? This fan base, more than any fan base in the NHL, deserves the start. If they lose a few, who cares? Just yeah. enjoy a 10-2-1. Why does there have to be talk about regression? Like, no team goes coast-to-coast without uh, peaks and valleys. But, you know, just enjoy the run. Yeah, no, we're definitely enjoying it. Um, I know you wanted to talk about uh, a couple guys down in the AHL, Archdeep Baines, who has 16 points in 12 games, and then Vasily Podkolzin. I don't know exactly what his health status is, but I know he scored five goals in six games. I'm sure the Canucks would like to get a look at some of these guys, but right now there's no injuries the, to speak of, knock on wood on that. Um, and they've still got some guys maybe that they'd like to move, but there haven't been any trades. So what are the Canucks thinking about guys like Baines and Pot Colson down in the AHL right now? Yeah, that's a great question. I looked into this, and, and the biggest thing I've been told is patience is is the word that was described to me when it came to Pod Colson and Baines, and, and for that matter, all his prospects. No rushing the prospects with this management team. Develop them properly. Call up when the time is right. Let them cook in Abbotsford. Getting a ton of points doesn't mean you're going to get called up. I'm sorry. Playing the right way does. Play without the puck is just as important. I'm going to give you an example. Rutherford had Teddy Bluger in Pittsburgh, right? Two straight years after training camp, he sent Bluger to the minors. Bluger wasn't doing cartwheels. He made the team third-year training camp, but he had to go to the minors for two years, and then he made the team in the third year. I mean, look, a slew of injuries can change everything. Remember last year, I think the Canucks had 10 injuries to finish the year. They had half of Abbotsford up here. But what I've been told is, barring injuries, expect a lot of patience with prospects in Abbotsford. Uh, did you mention that on, on your show that you'd heard Anthony Beauvillier's name in trade rumors? Yeah, there's there's three guys. Uh, they got to clear the cap space, guys. Uh, you know, if they want to go out and sign Ethan Baird, uh, look, they got to they got to get some. So yeah, I heard that name. Uh, Garland's out there. Obviously, we know we we know that, and we also know that you know Tyler Myers is a contract they've tried to move for a long time. But he, uh, Beauvillier, is uh, a UFA. He's at four one four point one million dollars. And look, they're they got no cap space, and you know it doesn't. You know, you can understand, uh, Jason, which guys are trying to move to create cap space. So, yeah, I definitely heard his name on the weekend. So if you're having trouble moving Garland, which they are, mm-hmm. why not go to some other targets and, and potential targets? And you know what? They're going to need that $4.1 million uh, when, they, when they go to do Pedersen and Heronic and, and all these guys. Uh, boy, they got some big deals coming up. But, yeah, I did hear that name. Um, is there any update on Ethan Barra? Feels like we ask you this every week. I, I do have one. I, I look. I'm going to tell you right now. I expect the Canucks to be aggressive going after Bear. They keep in touch with his agent on a regular basis. I expect the Canucks to create the necessary cap space to take a shot at signing him. Even if they acquire another defenseman, I'm told they're still going to be in on Bear. 
Bear is not expected. This is the update I got. Uh, I tried to get uh, a couple of days ago. A bear is not expected to be healthy till late December after okay. Christmas, I'm told. So his agent's going to be in a very good position when he's ready because he's going to play be a player you can get for free. And getting guys that have that many NHL games in November, December for free, that, you know, that's pretty good. It won't be a huge contract. And a week before, you know, there's going to be teams that run into injuries on the blue line on the right side. And here's this guy sitting for free. He doesn't, he's not going to cost you a ton. His injury, his agent's going to be in a pretty good spot. But I can tell you this, that he is very, very, very high on the Canucks list to obtain. Yeah. Well, I was wondering, is there like a, is there a lean that you can sense from the Ethan Bear camp? Like, does he want to be on the Canucks, or is he kind of like, well, whoever needs me the most in whatever best situation? Like, no, is he, there any sense of like loyalty, I guess, to the Canucks? Yeah, I, I, I he's working out in Kelowna, and he loved his time in Vancouver. Um, he, he, I've been told. Okay, let me put it to you this way: when Carolina was trading him, he had told his agent that Vancouver was number one on his list of places he wanted to go. So if you wanted to be, if you wanted to come to Vancouver after Carolina, uh, well, I don't know why anything would change. Um, I think uh, Vancouver's high on his list still, but there's four to five teams. But I, due to injuries, there might uh, end up being more teams in on him. But I do, I, I would say to you, Jason, yes, I, I would say to you uh, that Ethan Bear. Uh, Vancouver, and don't forget, Rick Tockett's going to play a big role in this too. You, you don't think that Elvino Rutherford, a bass Tockett, you know, Tockett had Bear last year, right? So I think there's a, and that's the other thing, you know, last year uh, when Boudreaux was here, I don't think the management and the coach were on the same uh, page. I think mm-hmm. right now, you better damn well believe that the management and the coaching staff are all on the same page. All these guys that, that they've gone after with Pittsburgh connections, you don't think that Tockett approved every single one of them? He did. You know, and when I hear that the well, Canucks, you, uh, you know, like Zeradoff out of Calgary, that's got Tockett's uh, fingerprints on all. He's big. He can skate. He can hit hard. You know, so this is a management team that works side by side with the coaching staff uh, on uh, potential targets. And, and you know what? I'm not surprised that, that they're in on Ethan Bear as much as uh, they are. Rick, it was a very peaceful chat with you today. Not no much yelling. yelling. Not much no, yelling. I don't yell, bro. But oh, you know what? There, you there make me yell. Okay. All you right. make me yell. All right. Enjoy the games this weekend. There's a lot of them. Have fun, buddy. Thanks, Rick. Okay. Take. Okay. Bye. Bye. Uh, Rick Dollywall. Uh, I don't he, yell. I'm not he, a yeller. He of the Donnie and Dolly Show on Check TV. You can hear him here every Friday on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, text into the Dunbar Lumber text line. If they acquire Bear, which D-man would come out of the lineup? Friedman, or would he be a depth piece? Yeah, Friedman would come out. Yeah. But, or, 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 I mean, they might, if Tyler Myers is traded, then who knows? Um, I, I think the, I think the, the Canucks defense is probably going to see some changes mm. over this season. Um, I still really wonder, like, if they, Hughes and Hronick have been so good together, but I really do wonder if they're thinking it as, as a management group. Like, first of all, is this good for the team to have, all our eggs in one pairing. Mm-hmm. And also, like, how much is this hurting our negotiation leverage with Heronic? Which teams have, like, their maybe top two defensemen on the same pairing? Like, I think they do it with Taves and Makar mm-hmm. in, Colo- in Colorado, right? right? Yeah. They've been a pairing. I want to say the, the top one in Carolina is Slavin and Burns. 
I think they're pretty elite yeah. in terms of what they do. Lindgren plays with Fox in in with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, a lot of teams don't do it. They like if I'm the up. coach right now, I'm not splitting up that pair until until you need to. I'm right? trying to do you this off keep, the top of just, my head. So text in if you're if I'm missing one here, dear listeners, six fifty, mm-hmm. six fifty. But I, I'm more just thinking about I know the wins and losses are the most important thing. So you just you try and win as many games and if Hughes and Hironic is the best thing to keep together right now, but I think we can all admit that it does complicate things a little bit because Philip Horonic is only getting more and more leverage in his negotiations, yeah, that, I mean, and it just complicates really, it. But that right? can't really play into this. You what can't, do you mean? Well, what are you going to do? You're well, gonna, I just you're said. Give yeah. him a reduced role so you can keep his No, I just said or, wins yeah. and losses, but you, you've still got this complication. Like There are going to be two very tough contracts to negotiate, Pedersen and Horonic. It compli- it's okay to admit that. It complicates the negotiations tenfold, right? Because all of a sudden you're looking at this guy, Horonic, and you're saying, mm-hmm. well, geez, I mean, if this keeps up, he's going to be an <laughs> 82 assist player, right? right? He's averaging more than an assist a game, yeah, never mind. He's going to be like, well, my comps suggest I should actually be getting paid more than Quinn Hughes. He's going to have, I mean, the numbers will come back to earth, but he's going to... It'll just a, be an interesting negotiation, that's all I'm saying, right? Put it this right? way, there's a very good chance that Horonic's going to post a lot of career highs. Right, possibly in deployment in terms of minutes, in points. I mean, he's got to score a goal to actually get a goal. But he, you know, there's a lot of things at play here, which could make the situation a little more uncomfortable. I yeah, I don't know what the answer is. It's such a good question because on the surface, it seems like the answer is super simple. You're like, you'd be crazy to break them up. They're the best defensive pair in the NHL. Mm-hmm. But then we all know how the game works, how a season goes along, and that sometimes things don't always stay together. Forward lines rarely stay together for an entire year. A handful do, but a lot of them change because circumstances change. Injuries are going to play a part. That's that's the reality of the situation. I am confident in saying that everyone on the Canucks roster is not going to play between 75 and 82 games this year. Like There's going to be an injury or two where guys are going to miss extended periods of time, and you're going to need to adjust on the fly, which is why, going back to your point, you might need to see what it's like when Hughes and Hironik don't play together. So Greg and Lad Wasson text in. and We have actually, a Greg from Lad Wasson right here. I actually think this is a really good text, and we've kind of talked about this before. Um, is there something to be said about the best way to build a team in the salary cap era not being with a high-powered offense? Teams with very top-heavy salary structures simply cannot get it done. Teams that build defense-oriented systems keep their star players' point totals low, hence avoid having players with massive contracts. I almost think winning the lottery these days is as much a curse as a blessing. Bedard will probably be making $14 million a year before the Hawks ever get truly competitive. And how sweet would it be to watch them flounder in Bedard's prime years the way the Oilers are floundering now in McDavid's prime? Okay, taking out all the Bedard stuff and the McDavid stuff, um, I do think there's something to be said about building a team with defense as the best thing it does. Because... What are the comps that are used when you go to negotiations? Mm-hmm. Points. Yeah. Point totals, mm-hmm. right? Often, yes. Last year, the Canucks had these guys who were having great individual seasons in Pedersen and Hughes. They put up really impressive point totals. The team wasn't very good, though. Right. But you got to pay those guys with their point totals, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure there's pushback. Yeah, more goes into it than that. There's than sh- but there's pushback, but there's also some agents that are be like, "Nope. That's the comp." Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs in a nutshell, right? Is that you've got all well, these I think big, the, the high-priced offensive flyers. But the reality of it is, is the results after the regular season like, haven't been there. I think there's there's a reason why there's such a connection between Stanley Cup winning teams and Selkie Trophy guys. Like, Selkie Trophy guys don't always put up massive numbers that are going to get them McDavid type of contracts. Mm-hmm. But they're so valuable to your team. Okay, for, for me, it's more yes, about the, the top heaviness of it and the, the fact that hockey is the ultimate team sport. I think it's unlike all the other sports. Where hey, in basketball, sure you can have two guys making all the money on the team, and it might be worth it. Right, and it might be worth yeah. it. You might actually yeah. win. Yeah, but in hockey, you need it all the way throughout your lineup, and you can't have just a top-heavy first line. It doesn't work. Okay, uh, we're gonna do what we learns coming up. A reminder that we're also giving away SmackDown tickets, and we haven't picked a winner yet. If you want to go see SmackDown, WWE's SmackDown, on Friday, January 5th, Rogers Arena, send in a What We Learned or Ask Us Anything. The Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. Hashtag is AUA or WWL, and put a ticket emoji into your text. That'll get you into the contest. My What We Learned, as we go to break here, is that this is going to be a very poignant weekend for Canucks fans, because in addition to the team playing a couple of classic Canadian rivalries, original six teams in Toronto and Montreal, you get all the emotions stirred up there. Saturday, we are going to see the reunion of John Shorthouse, John Garrett, and Dan Murphy, the tremendous trio, better known as Shorty, Cheech, and Murph. They're going to be working together and broadcasting a game. Which game? The Canucks game? Not the Canucks and Leafs. Ah, They are going to be working Saturday night's Bruins-Habs game from Montreal. Shorty's second job is doing Bruins games now. It's amazing. He yeah, called he that the Bruins Panthers yeah, series. Yeah. Second favorite team, isn't it? Yeah. So, he loves the Bruins. They're his favorite team. <laughs> <laughs> he is going to murder me for saying that because he brought it up on the broadcast last night. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught that during uh, the Sens game, but he said, if Halford and Bruff need a what we learn for tomorrow, here's their what we learn. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to, to oblige. So yeah. The three, the three amigos, the three musketeers, getting back in the saddle together. Nice. It'll be great to watch if you're a Canucks fan. You want to <laughs> back in the saddle together? All it's three a, of them. Got to be a better shorty, way to say that. <laughs> that the Mukau shorty. <laughs> now that I think about it, someone photoshopped. I don't, no, I don't, don't think that's how they're advertising it. <laughs> three, or maybe they are. The three amigos back in the saddle. Okay, together, all together. It's a big horse. Okay, it's a big, it's a big saddle, big sturdy horse. How do you think they go? Cheech in the middle. Cheech up front. You got to go like... <laughs> Cheech on Murph's shoulders. You have to go domino style. So you go smallest to biggest. Right. Right? But that, that would mean like... Cheech in the front. Is, and then I think Shorty is a little bit shorter than Murph. Is Cheech driving the horse then? Is yeah, that what you say? Driving the horse? I don't what think he's driving the you horse. You can't have the shorts in the front. The horse. You mean, if the they, horse. they stop no, quickly, they'll crush him. Who's in charge, right? Driving on a horse. Driving the horse? <laughs> Direct captaining the horse? I don't know. I don't know. We're going to figure this all out at you the steer. break. Steering the horse. How about we moo-cow that horse? A bunch of what we learns and SmackDown tickets. That's all coming up next. Who's driving this horse anyway? On the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People's Show with Big Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Kelowna, California. West Coast. Coast. <laughs> yeah. Kelowna, baby. Best place in the world right here. <laughs> Hey, 
31 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the morning. It's brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound, real estate appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Okay. Uh, it is what we learned. Ask us anything time here on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. Um, I've done mine, and that is the Shorty, Cheech, and Murph reunion. Saturday night in Montreal, Bruins have... We, we, we're going to need to pay attention to Montreal a little bit this weekend mm-hmm. because um, they've got Vancouver on Sunday. They also are going to host the Sad Sack Calgary Flames, who are also making their tour through Eastern Canada while the, while the Canucks are doing it. Right. So, well, I, because I've paid. I've heard uh, Huberto is going to bring a cushion to the bench. Well, that's going to be tough for him in Montreal, right? Like, that's you can't bench him in Montreal. That's mm, sacrilege. Good. No, don't do it. Huska, it's don't working do it. for them. Yeah, well, that's the point of the whole exercise is that it is Can making you imagine them a that? Like, team. it worked last time. So, we're actually going to start this from the start. Yeah, you know what? You know, you didn't play the third period last time. <laughs> don't we bother got, suiting up for the first or we second. We got to play a 60 minute game here. Yeah. So, um, I have not paid any attention to Montreal this year. Me neither. They're just there. They just yeah. exist as the same. I know who plays for them. Mm-hmm. I kind of, am, they're kind of in the mushy middle of the standings. They don't really matter. No, that's the thing. And you it's know? a very weird thing for the Habs not to matter, but they kind of mm-hmm. don't right now. Jake Allen's anyway, doing his all thing. Right, should we just go right into well, the dumb number text line? Andy has a what we learned. Okay. Now you're shrugging your shoulders like you might not. No, I do. Very confident. confident. As our that. lifestyle and culture correspondent here on the Halford and Bruff Show, you are tasked with keeping up to date with everything that's not sports. I know that's a big ask. Yeah, I didn't ask. It's a big world out there. You we didn't got ask the sports cover. You got the rest. On me. But it's gonna, we've kind of narrowed it down to lifestyle and culture within Vancouver. Well, I've got a question. Uh, yes. Do you know anyone who got Taylor Swift tickets? I do not. I know two people. Really? Who got uh, Taylor wow. Swift tickets. How and much? hundreds that didn't. Uh, Were they in the thousands? I think that's the bar, right? I if saw pictures of being sold for 12 grand. Yeah, I think someone got four floor tickets for, I don't know, Two grand or something like that, but I also know four four way up there for seven hundred. But man, the secondary market is going to be crazy. Like it might be cheaper to if you really want to go see her. It might be cheaper to fly somewhere. Like she's playing in Indianapolis. What are the chances like Indianapolis isn't going to bid up as much as Vancouver? The problem is you can you can bid from anywhere. Yeah, you don't have to be in Vancouver, which is the problem. It should just be Vancouver addresses that get to bid for them. Having Mm -hmm. bid in Indianapolis, I can tell you it is a forgettable city, but it's not terrible. But you, it's probably cheap to stay there, right? Yeah, I don't know how much it would cost. A forgettable city, now. but not terrible. Yeah, Indianapolis mm. marketing guy. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering pamphlet. if people are consider are going to consider doing that because probably. Vancouver always seems to have like way higher ticket prices for the big concerts than other cities. It'd be so, cheaper to burrow a tunnel underground up to BC Place and sneak in that way than it would be to buy the. That would actually the be market. You're always yeah. thinking, Cole. Yeah, yeah. We should try and sneak into the. T- Concert via an underground like, was it a a radio prank, and then the guys are in jail for a while. <laughs> I feel like a big part of <laughs> three years later, that yeah. was one hell of a prank. I feel jail. like a, I feel like a key part of a successful underground tunnel is to not acknowledge the underground tunnel publicly. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's you true. You guys, it's no longer a secret. Yeah, like Tim Robbins did not run around Shawshank being like, you should see what I got going on in myself. <laughs> this thing's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Don't tell him it. Hold we're, on. We're going to go into the Dunbar Lumber you text didn't even line. Let him do is what we learned. He, did, he didn't have one. He, 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 he did panicked. have one, and he you panicked. set it up perfectly. He panicked. I got it. You just never you, let me tell it. You okay. set it up perfectly. All right. You were what talking is about it, one then? of the hottest tickets in town in Taylor Swift. Oh, What's okay. the other hot ticket? The other hot town? ticket is the Christmas train. It sold out in six <laughs> hours. 
You know what? I nearly for- swore. For the first time ever on the show, I nearly swore. For, but no, it didn't, hours. it didn't just sell out one night. It sold out the entire season. Well, we're going to have to go see the Christmas train in Indianapolis then. You'll have to. Is there yeah. some sort of underground tunnel that can get us there? <laughs> yeah. You cannot buy. It is hotter than T-Swift tickets. You cannot buy you a Christmas train ticket. <laughs> I, we need video of you scalping tickets outside right. the Christmas. At the risk of calling anyone a degenerate publicly, yeah. how big a degenerate yeah. do you have to be to sell Christmas, Christmas train tickets? tickets? I, got two, here. Yeah, yeah, I got two near the caboose. <laughs> do you want them or not? They're going to go quick. Could you imagine? Come on, we've got a lot of time here. Pedaling outside of the Christmas train. There's kids showing up for pictures, and then there's some... Dude. Anybody selling tickets? Anybody buying? <laughs> hey, you with a kid. Come here. Some dude... Santa Claus just glaring at you. <laughs> some dude banging on a heater, yelling into his speakerphone. We all got to make a living out here. <laughs> all right. Give us a moo cow on that, then. See, that turned into a pretty good bit. Okay, right. let's uh, fire up the dot matrix here. Lighting. Print out some humanoid submissions for what we learned. Uh, what we learned, humanoid version is brought to you by... Where's the get fire plan read? I can't find it. Give me a minute. Oh, my God. Oh, oh shut up. Oh, my God. God. We're having a fire plan. You know why it's not here? It's because it's not here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are we still brought to you by get fire plan? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> well, get fire plan got a freebie out of the deal. Okay, let's uh, fire up. Uh, we already did the Matrix. Let's get to the winner right now. Okay. SmackDown tickets. Last set of SmackDown tickets. I'm going to read this because this okay. is a really funny one. Brandon in Vancouver. What we learned, I learned that regression is inevitable. These percentages are unsustainable and the team will fall back to reality. There's no way the Oilers are a good enough team to keep up a 34-point pace. Oh, rim shot. Boom. Boom. Nice. You see, what he did was he led you down the garden path, uh-huh. and everyone thought, oh, he's talking about the Canucks. But then he said he's talking about the Oilers, and not only did he say that the Oilers are uh, bad, but he's suggesting that they're going to get worse. See, that that's like... It's nice cut- when you explain the joke like that, right? That's like cutting a good wrestling promo. You think you're going one way, and then boom, steel chair over the head. Well, Hilarious. speaking of wrestling promos, Spence and Maple Ridge, what we learned, I learned that Dollywall is cutting a WWE-style promo every time he calls in. There are a lot of, let me tell you something, and you guys don't know what you're talking about, in a loud voice. I can also imagine that Dollywall hails from parts unknown. Dollywall does have a lot of... Uh, Colloquialisms, the catchphrases. You know you what know? Dolly Wall would be? He'd be the guy that, Is that right? um, you roll out every once in a while to just get like beaten on. Those are called jobbers. Jobbers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's like the greatest jobber ever? Like Iron Mike Sharp? Iron Mike Sharp is in the conversation. Barry Horowitz always likes to pat himself on the back. Mm-hmm. Remember Barry Horowitz? <laughs> Wasn't uh, one of those guys Canadian? Was Iron Mike Sharp Canadian? Iron Mike Sharp was Canadian. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, Leap and Lanny Poffo was a pretty good jobber. He lost a lot of matches. Right. Remember they yeah, tried yeah. to rebrand him as the poet? Mm-hmm. That and he would throw work. like poetry with frisbees yeah. out into the crowd? That's, yes. Yeah. Pull. Anyway, those were some classic ones. You don't know any See, of this, I, do you? I, you know, the thing I is, I, no I, used, I used to watch wrestling. When I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> then I got older, kissed a couple girls, and decided I'm not going to go to wrestling anymore. So Leia and Chilliwack with an Ask Us Anything, would Halford and Bruff be willing to take a choke slam and a tombstone pile driver from The Undertaker in exchange for the Canucks winning the Stanley Cup? The answer is yes, Leia, because wrestling is fake. No, eh, that's wrong. 
the injuries, me, the injuries are sometimes crucially and critically real. Mm-hmm. Though they, I think that what people don't understand about wrestling is like there's they're like it's fake, and I'm like, well, the outcomes. Whoa, 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 whoa! The outcomes are fake. <laughs> it's Those, fake. Yes, the outcomes are fake. Those are decided. The pain inflicted inside the ring, most of that is very real. Like there's a reason that a lot of wrestlers yep. don't last that long. I know, you know, but like if the tombstone were actually real. I remember like the DDT have, from Jake yeah, the Snake. Yeah, well, have you seen it? what happens when a DDT or tombstone does go real? It happens from time to time. Right, and what happens? The, who, guy, the guys are knocked out cold. Mm-hmm, but right? but I feel like it could be worse. Well, okay. When Here's the thing. In wrestling, being real means going wrong. When mm-hmm. it goes wrong and yeah. the move is executed in the devastating manner it was meant to, that's when you get the catastrophic injuries, right? Like the DDT or the pile driver, for example. The goal in wrestling is not to slam the guy's skull right. onto the floor. But when you do it wrong, you actually execute the move right, and then mm. you slam the guy's skull. Yeah, it's happened in elementary schools all across the country. Right? How many how many kids out there have been subjected to a gone wrong? Little brothers. Yeah, little right? brothers. Little yeah. brothers have been in a figure four leg lock and been like, please, you're going to break my leg. Uh, Roger in kits uh, with an ask us anything. The four, are you, the four of you are stuck on a deserted island. Who are you kicking off the island first, Greg or Andy, and why? I wouldn't kick either of you. You're both, both crucial food sources at the end of the day. Honestly, I was going to say that. I was like, I feel like we no, might need to eat Andy. What? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> what? Yeah. The, you're going to be way more tender than Greg. It keeps Let's me say. around for food. <laughs> Fry up real good. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Wow. Sorry, Andy. Gotta catch me first. Honestly? <laughs> yeah, that's gonna, gonna be a problem. Dig a tunnel underground and get the hell out of there. The only thing we won't have is a shiny object to distract you with because we're on a deserted island. You seriously do look delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Think you might all the say sugar we, he's eaten over the years. You might say totally. we yeah, yeah. You're like Uder. You might say we ate Uder. <laughs> and he's in our mouth right now. I know, scratch that one. Yeah. But um I would not throw either of you away. We would have to work collectively. Please, for another sloppy Jimbo. Now, <laughs> if we were to say who is going to be the more useful of the two, all due respect to Andy, I think Greg's going to be almost by default. Damn it. I'm catching strays here. Not yeah. even strays. They're directed right at you. I yeah. Feel, yeah. A-Dog, you saying like, every day is a what we learned from me might get a little tired on the island. <laughs> yeah. Andy trying to find the most cozy place on the deserted island. I'm, I'm not like, an I don't expert, think that's a priority right now, I've, Andy. I've been fishing. I, I don't know if Andy has. I can fish, actually. Okay. I'm a good fisherman. Okay. okay. Oh, really? He's got that on me. Good. All right. Uh, Minos from White Rock. And what I learned, Connor McDavid will be the first generational NHL player never to win a Stanley Cup. That is a hot take, Minos. He's still got some years to go. He is only 26 years old, but... I wonder if he thinks about it. Wasn't that funny yesterday or when we had JT Miller on and he said he hadn't even thought one second about the Olympics? I was surprised. Like one second. Yeah. I know he's got a lot on his plate. He does have a lot on his plate. Maybe it wasn't funny. I was just like, oh, I'm I'm a little bit surprised by that. I guess there are some guys that have the international hockey dream and other guys that don't. Yeah. And maybe he just is singularly focused on, on the Canucks right now as his team, but... He'd be on that American team, wouldn't he? Um, have to be. I, I think he'd have to be right have now. Be. Maybe like a year With or two Hughes down the and road. And maybe if Besser keeps going. All the Hugheses are going to be on that team. All the Kachucks are going to be on that team. But, okay, well, you know that question they just got, got asked by Minos? Mm-hmm. I have a follow-up question. If you had to take the odds, 
Would Connor McDavid win his first Stanley Cup as a member of the Edmonton Oilers or the field? Or other? Yeah. So you get all 31, and then by the time he wins one, there could be like 36. Well, franchises. I'll take the Oilers just because I think there's a pretty good chance he resigns. Okay. Right? I do too. His yeah. stuff is there. He strikes me as a stuff guy. Yeah. He's Someone like, texted him and said, My stuff is yeah. there. Someone's, I think it was Peter in Cloverdale. Like, McDavid has to resign. Imagine trying to sell his house in Edmonton with a, this high interest rate environment. Yeah, who would qualify for a mortgage? It's, it would be tough. Also, right? have you seen his house? He's got a heated driveway. He's got a heated driveway, though. Oh, yeah. It's the best yeah. part. Yeah. Which yeah. I That's a must have in um, Edmonton. Who is the greatest player in any sport to never win a championship? The greatest player in any sport to never win a championship. Did Barry Bonds ever win a World Series? No. I don't think he ever won I don't think Barry Bonds gets in the conversation. Nolan Ryan only won once, and he never won a Cy Young. He was an unbelievable baseball player. Too cheaty. Too cheaty. I don't think so. But he was still, you know, good. No. And the fact that he cheated and was amazing, and he never won a World Series. Henrik Lundqvist. Henrik Lundqvist is in the conversation. Ernie Banks. Let's go outside of hockey a little bit. Let's go outside of hockey a little bit. Ty Cobb. Patrick Ewing. Ty never got it done. Tony Gwynn. Right. Jerome McGinley. Mm. Allen Iverson. You've just Googled a list, haven't you? I'm reading the list, dude. Okay. Henrik Lundqvist. Carl. Carl Malone. Carl Malone. Allen Iverson. He's like Dan the, Marino. The prototypical non soccer player? player. Is there a soccer player that is like that leaps to Ted mind? Williams. Uh, he played soccer baseball. player that leaps to mind. <laughs> well, I mean, what's the World Cup? There's a million of them. Yeah. I mean, Everyone's so yeah. Dan, Dan Marino. Dan Marino's right there. We've yeah. had like nine mm-hmm. of those. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think I ran through it. I think I, that was the list right there, pretty much. Uh, Car- uh, somebody said Carey Price. There's some news about Carey Price today. Do tell. Uh, the doctor for the Habs, or the former doctor, said that the reason that Carey Price had to retire was he went in for an ordinary scan for a meniscus tear in his knee, and they found out that his femur had zero cartilage left. Ooh. And that's why they told him that he should probably shut things down, and that came mm-hmm. out uh, late last night, I, th- I believe. I wonder what Carey Price is going to do. Like... Oh, he's happy just hunting and yeah, trapping. Yeah. And Do you think he's just going to live the quiet, He is off the grid. Solitary yeah. life? He'll come back yeah. and pop in for probably like a promotional thing every once in a while, but yeah, that's... But like you don't see, see him being involved in the game or anything? Maybe as like a like a youth coach for, for goalies. I could right. see him do something like that, but not, I don't think you could see him in a professional environment like that, no. Uh, so it was a, a complete lack of cartilage around the femur, right? Correct. So we had this conversation earlier. <laughs> oh, here we go. Where did you think the femur was in the body, Andy? That was one of the ass bones. <laughs> he said he thought it was in your back. <laughs> the femur. Every day is a what we learn for a dog. Uh, Dan in Brentwood with an A dog, what we learned. Hashtag WWL, what we learned is the Canucks keep winning. I find myself having more and more fun watching the team again. This kind of youthful excitement reminds me of my younger days. It also must be how Andy feels on Halloween or just all the time. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Good job, Dan and Brentwood. Good job. Uh, Aaron in Philly with a, what we learned. Uh, Jack Campbell led in four goals on 20 shots against the Abbotsford Canucks yeah. last night. Did we break the soup? Um, Laddie, you said that he led in a particular howler last yeah, the, night, too. Yeah, the third one in, in particular, it's the one making the rounds on social media. It, it was like a rolling puck, and he went skate on post, and it just sort of rolls between the spot where his skate is on the post, and he goes to scoop it. And it just rolls right into the net. It was going about two miles an hour. So that was the one that was making the rounds. Yeah, four goals on 20 shots. That's, that's not the 420 lifestyle you want to be living. You no, guys. there's that's, far better 420 That's the wrong lifestyles. one for, for Jack Campbell. Uh, but Nick, he's making five million bucks down in the A. Which is good, which is nice for him. Yeah. It's nice work if you can get it. Uh, Nick in Poco with a what we learned. Hashtag WWO what we learned. The Oilers need 
Bruce Boudreaux. I I know in my sensible mind that it's probably not going to happen. In fact, it's overwhelmingly unlikely to happen. Yet I feel like there's something there, something there about Boudreaux being motivated by how badly, like he didn't want to go out on that note in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And someone looking at the Bruce, there it is, bump and saying, hmm, one last kick at the can. I just think that there's that slight glimmer, that tiny, tiny sliver of hope that he might be back in. I just can't see it in Edmonton. Like, I'm not sure that... I don't think you could sell uh, what the Oilers need with Bruce Boudreaux. I don't know. I mean, is it Gerard Gallant? Maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I don't know. I, it's, it's so unexpected. For the Oilers to be this far in the toilet through 12 games. That you, do you think Ken Holland had even thought five seconds about what if I need to replace the coach who are my candidates before this season? I don't know if you have that. Like, I know everyone has a contingency plan for every emergency. Good, good planners do anyway, mm-hmm. right? And I suppose if you're a general manager and you have experience, you have to have a contingency plan for your head coach in case something goes AWOL. I would add, in the modern NHL, how many times have we seen shocking coach dismissals lately due to this, mm-hmm. that, and the other? So it would probably behoove you as a GM to be like, okay, I got a manila envelope tucked away in my desk with five guys that I've already contacted right. and gotten their gauge of whether they even want the job. But outside of that, I can't imagine Holland spent a lot of time thinking about who I'd have to replace Jay Woodcroft with. I mean, no one saw it coming. But don't you agree with me that if they're going to make a change, they better make it now? What's their schedule? I'm throwing you on the spot now. I, I don't know what their schedule is. Because you always want to do it with a little bit of buffer, right? Right. So they play tomorrow against the Kraken. Then they play Monday. <laughs> so there's not a great time. Nope. There's not a huge gap in the schedule here where they mm-hmm. can maybe reset and refocus. But Sometimes you see like the final straw was this particular game, but we still had a few more games that we had to arrange everything, right? I mean, we can't, prior to the even before the Sharks beat Philly, and we were kind of setting up, oh, my God, imagine if the Sharks go in winless and beat the Oilers. We said almost regardless of what happens against Philly, that's a must win for Edmonton. Can we can we say what would be the most incredible hire that the Oilers could possibly make? Boudreaux would be high on that nope, list. Nope, it isn't. Uh, Travis Green? And one that no, could he's work. A, he's a Daryl Sutter. Oh, right, right. Daryl Sutter. Sutter. Wow, oh. the one. Edmonton, you have a chance to do the funniest oh. thing imaginable right now. Yeah, that would be incredible. That would be would incredible. Be. Frankly, I think it would make way more sense than Bruce Boudreaux or even Gerard Gallant. Oh my God! Can you imagine that? So I have to take let a us, moment. Let's to make this happen. This. Let us. We need let's to make this. this happen. It would be pretty awesome. I mean, regular season doesn't mean hey, screw all. Uh, screw is all. there anyone in this room that thinks Daryl Sutter is a bad coach? No, no, he is a good coach. His methods may be a little poor. I don't know. But I mean, info was probably good. He's got results. Stanley Cups. Yeah, he's got results. Uh, but the uh, the idea of this Jess adding such a good dash of flavor into the Battle of Alberta, which, by the way, the Battle of Alberta is also the battle for like last place in the division. But isn't that so. isn't that like too incredible not to happen? If you're the Oilers, like get Daryl Sutter off the farm or whatever he's doing right now, and say, listen. You have a chance to not only coach the best player in the world, you have a chance to um, orchestrate an incredible turnaround while the team that ditched you and blamed you for all the problems that they had struggles at the same time. I want, if you're Daryl Sutter, you're like, yes. I want to pick up the phone. Call Connor McDavid is like, gulp. <laughs> call, call Connor McDavid might be okay with it. Call Mark Spector and be like, Spec, we got an idea. We're going to need your help on this one. 
Because that would be amazing. People like texting in Babcock or Quenville, it's not going to happen. Yeah, Babcock Bab- is not going to happen. After what he and Quenville is not going to happen because that Blackhawks thing is not over. The only way that Babcock's getting in an NHL arena this year is if he buys a ticket. He is <laughs> not, I repeat, not coaching anywhere in the NHL this year. Now I need Darryl I need this Sutter thing to happen. You've completely distracted me with this Daryl <laughs> Sutter idea. It would be pretty awesome. Can you, it would be delicious. Can you imagine that? Don't they need a guy to teach them structure? Yeah. Teach them how teach them how to win battles out there, or at least like not teach them, just stress that you better do it. If you hire him, can you just openly lean into the fact that you're just subscribing to chaos? Be like, yeah, we know what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. We know what we're causing with Calgary, and we are all for it. We don't just want to shake things up. We want to disrupt things here in Edmonton. I think that'd be amazing. Someone texted Dan Bilesma. That is the most boring answer you could possibly give. (laughs) Dan Bilesma. There is nothing interesting about Dan Bilesma. Okay, I I appreciate where you're trying to go, but we're trying to do things interesting here. Okay, so we got an awesome sports weekend coming up. Uh, we got the Canucks in the Leafs on Saturday, the Canucks and the Habs on Sunday. Also on Saturday, we got the Lions and the Bombers for a trip to the Grey Cup Sunday. The Seahawks really need a win. They need a better performance after getting smoked in Baltimore. They will take on the Washington Commanders. They are six and a half point favorites. They need to win this game because their schedule is going to get real tough real soon. Um, So uh, enjoy the weekend. Uh, I'm off for vacation for a little bit, just for a week. Halford's going to be, I think, solo on Monday, but then I have a friend. Jamie Dodd, who is such a professional, you're going to find out what a professional he is. He's going to join you for a few shows next week. He's going to carry the show. Enjoy next week. A shortened um, show on Monday, too, for the holiday. Right. Seven and to nine. I will see you guys in a bit. Have a great vacation, Thanks, friend. Buddy. Adios, as they say to you. And adios to all of you as well. We're out of here for the week. But I will be back on Monday. A reminder, it's a 7 a.m. start time on Monday. Signing off for now, I have been Mike Halford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog. And he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.